0: Welcome to the Soccer Cap.
1: It's time to break down the barriers. A
0: show dedicated to creativity, adaptations, and purpose.
1: Jim Pagnes, the greatest moment I've seen in Premier
0: League football. Real coaches,
1: real talk, unbelievable, real growth. Now, welcome your host, Roberto O. B. Hernandez. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Soccer Cap. Today's a real special one, it's a special one to me, it's a special one with my heart. Um, We're welcoming in head coach of Ottawa University in Arizona, David Stockton, It's very special to me because he was one of my first mentors, a coach that actually recruited me into Cal State Monterey Bay, so I'm excited for this one, I know you guys are going to be uh, ready to listen to this, you're going to take a lot away from this episode, a little bit of uh, Stockton's background, he was a grad assistant at Midwestern, made a couple stops along the way, Missouri State, Cal State Monterey Bay, University of Pacific, and has been with Ottawa University. Um, for the past three years and most recently named head coach just a few weeks ago. So congratulations, Stockton, and welcome in. Say hi to all the listeners.
0: Hey, thanks, Obi. Um, I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Um, this is obviously my, my first podcast, so I, I'm extremely excited, and uh, I just appreciate you having me.
1: Oh, of course, of course. We're excited to have you, and even more special that we get to be your first ever podcast. Um and Love it. A, As always, we just want to you know get to know who you are, so... Can you describe like where you grew up and kind of what got you into soccer?
0: For sure, yeah. Um, so I grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that's a soccer hotbed, um, but um, I got into the game, you know, about like six six years old. Uh, my dad was my first coach. I um, mean, played recreation, competitive, um, and just kind of um, did the whole competitive circuit. Um, through, through Northeastern Oklahoma um, and had a chance to play um, with the Olympic development team there in Oklahoma um, and played for a pretty good um, state championship team and, and strong high school team in, in Tulsa and um, really just found a passion for the game. Um, really, uh, you know, I loved every aspect of the game, um, but I, I really uh, excelled um, in the goalkeeper position uh, when I started playing goalkeeper at Probably about ten years old. Um, I really just found a passion for the position and the sport. So, um, I, yeah, I wouldn't say that that Tulsa, Oklahoma, is a um, football hotbed. You know, you got your main sports there in, in Oklahoma, like uh, American football, um, baseball, wrestling. Um, but at the time, the the state was really coming off of um, the the success of like the Tulsa Roughnecks, which was a, a professional professional team and they had professional indoor teams um but uh it was really a a growing time for the sport in uh, northeastern oklahoma
1: so you're a little bit of a in the pioneering times in that region to uh bring soccer and football into the into that world so that's pretty cool and obviously spinning on that goalkeeper's perspective we're gonna have a lot of goalkeeper insight throughout throughout the episode and which i'm I'm pretty excited about Um, so you kind of briefly described your playing career. What got you into the coaching side of things?
0: Yeah, it was super random. Um, I was I was finishing my my playing experience at Midwestern State, and um, I was was still trying to play professionally. I was I was kind of commuting back and forth to Dallas, Texas, and um, I came back to finish my undergraduate degree. And I I ran out of playing experience or playing eligibility. And um, my, my head coach at the time, Doug Elder, um, and assistant coach Alan, Alan Cook, he, uh, they, they called me into the office um, right before preseason. And uh, I was lined up with a job in the fall. You know, I was going to actually work at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Uh, my family has a, uh, um, has a background in, in automotive repair, and I was set up to work at O'Reilly's there in, in Wichita Falls. And they said, Hey, you know, you love the game. Have you ever thought about coaching? Um, it could be a definitely a great resource for you to get your master's degree. Um, I was like, yeah, that sounds awesome. I'd much rather be on the field, um, getting some coaching experience than working at, in a, you know, selling auto parts. So um, I kind of just fell into it. Um, I was blessed with the opportunity um, and I, I caught the bug, you know, I caught the coaching bug, I caught the college coaching bug, um, and I haven't been able to shake it yet. It <laughs> was uh, it, it definitely definitely um, some amazing relationships um, have been built. But uh, that's kind of how I got my introduction into college coaching.
1: Wow. So that, that's pretty insane about, you know, how you were about ready to jump out of the soccer world and kind of get into, you know, the automotive uh, auto repair and, um, you know, selling car parts. And then kind of, you know, a, a 180 turn back into coaching. And now you're, you know, obviously, so many years down the road you like you said you haven't been able to shake it it's been a good thing i know i've been impacted by you you know choosing a coach so it's been really great um obviously back in the when even when i was playing i spoke to you about how to get into coaching and mm-hmm. so it's been a really good experience so i'm thankful for that <laughs> you stuck around with coaching and pretty sure yeah. you've impacted many more uh students lives
0: yeah no i appreciate that it's really uh it's been a long long journey um and and You know, a lot of a lot of tiring days and nights and um, but I wouldn't change it for the world. I mean, coaching, I can't I can't imagine doing anything else um, besides coaching and working with college students and and helping them navigate their own their own lives and their own experiences. So um, it's been such an incredible blessing that, uh, you know, I got that call to just come in and meet about being a potential graduate assistant goalkeeper coach. And, um, you know, here I am now.
1: Yeah, and that's awesome. And kind of speaking about those special programs along the way, um, has has there any b- been like any particular moment or any particular program that really stood out and said, "This is why I want to coach," or "This is why I'm in the game."
0: Um, I think I think all my experiences have really played, um, you know, a, a maybe a reaffirming. Um, result to um, why I continue to be in the game but I think um, one of my first coaching experiences was when I left Midwestern State and I went to Missouri State Um, they're a division one program in the Missouri Valley Conference and um, at the time they had a new staff um, uh, the the original head coach uh, John Leamy Um, But they had a new staff that was really looking to take the program to the next level, to the national level and and compete for national championships. And when I got in that environment, I was just blown away with um, that kind of experience of of a high performing um, environment that really um, cared about the student athletes, but pushed them to um, compete for a national championship. So, um I think I think that was probably my my first experience that really drove into me that, hey, I wanted to be a college coach. Um, I wanted to be an assistant college coach, and I, and I wanted to influence and impact uh, young professionals
1: yeah that's really interesting that you talk about that being an assistant coach um i obviously you know you have to do due diligence you have to be an assistant coach you have to learn as much as possible even when you're a head coach you're going to continue learning how many times throughout the process of being an assistant coach did you feel you wanted to make the leap or you were ready or at other times you realized i'm not ready to be a head coach just yet
0: yeah for sure um I think once I got my first um, taste as a graduate assistant in Midwestern, I think I realized just being around some of, some of my mentors there that I, I wanted to be a head coach at my own program. Um, but I, I didn't necessarily understand the, the timeline or um, the, just the, the process of getting there. Um, and so it was always in the back of my head, but for me, and, and it kind of was instilled to me at, at Missouri state is um, that growth mindset and just to be a, a sponge and, and just to learn from every single environment that I stepped into. Um, and so it's not like I, I wanted to be a head coach and I didn't necessarily, but I didn't necessarily have a timeline or a due date of when I wanted to be a head coach. Um, I just figured that when it was going to happen, it was going to happen. Um, but with that, it was a long journey. And there were times where, absolutely. I, I, maybe second guess what I was doing, you know, is this really for me, you know, maybe Costco's hiring. It sounds like Costco might be a great place to work. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and it just, you just, you know, continue to learn from every experience and, uh, you know, I, I found myself in an opportunity, um, 15 years later, um, that really presented an, an incredible experience for me to be a head coach at an awesome university. And, uh, um, when it happens it happens
1: yeah i think that's uh really cool that you you know i think a lot of us get caught up myself included of trying to say we have to hit it by this time and having goals and timelines is, isn't bad but understanding you know you're just developing you're loving the game you're loving what you do and it's going to happen right you're going to make noise where you were and you have and one of the stops along the way was university of the pacific um mm-hmm how I know it was a program that was restarted, correct? correct? How was that process, you know, to restart a whole program at a division one level?
0: Yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. Uh, I was at Cal State Monterey Bay. Um, I think it was up until about 2017 and they had, uh, they had restarted um, Pacific soccer program. Um, I believe it was in like 2015 or 2016. Um, and you know they, they hired uh head coach brian jordan um and they had a staff with uh with assistant coach jordan farrell um he's with the oakland roots and and uh assistant coach matt Gow that was our previous uh, head coach here at ottawa um, and they really did an incredible job of taking that program from a start a restart up um into a national contender and so um when assistant coach Matt Gow left uh, Pacific to come to Ottawa as the the first head coach here. Um, He called me about an opportunity there at Pacific and I had a lot of respect for the program. And and for me, it was another opportunity to be extremely uncomfortable and and grow um, as a coach. Um, And, you know, it was in a great conference, the the, the West coast conference uh, in Northern California. And uh, I think it was, it was uh it was a leap of faith for me. It was like, hey, this is either gonna make me or break me as a as a coach. Um, so why not? You know, um, and my wife really, uh, she supported me, and uh, she actually came with me, and uh, that's where we. That's part of the reason we got married. But uh, yeah, it was. I, I, I stepped into Pacific when they had just got off of the first NCAA um, run, and. We had momentum, um, and for me, it was even more nerve-wracking. Like, man, I just don't want to screw it up. You know, I don't, I don't want to come in here and mess up what they got going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but fortunately, we found ourselves um, continuing to go to the NCAA tournament for two years in a row um, and having some incredible success and, and some massive wins. Um, and, uh, yeah, I wouldn't change that experience for anything in the world. It was very, very challenging, very uncomfortable for me being at that higher level. Um, but it was a special, it was a special experience that really helped prepare me for where I am now.
1: Oh, I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was. And like you said, you know, they really flipped it very quick. You know, they were making deep or uh, making runs into the NCAA tournament right off the back, and very competitive program, which usually doesn't happen. You know, for a couple of years. So, um, you know, tops off, hats off to you and uh, the staff and Ryan Jordan that was there. And Ryan Jordan, who's now the head coach at UCLA for the men's soccer program. How was it working alongside of him? What was one of the biggest takeaways that you got from him?
0: Yeah, um, and you know, I think it goes back to some some uh, um, some some stuff that John Leamy at Missouri State told me one time. You know, I, I was going to do a, a U.S. Soccer coaching course, and he was just like, "Hey, just be a sponge. Like, don't try to don't try to remember everything you learn. Don't try to soak it all in. But just just try to soak in all that you can." um, and, and use that whether you like it or don't, um, to, to really grow as a, as a young professional. And when I got into, to the staff at Pacific, um, obviously they had a ton of momentum going forward. Um, they were having a lot of success. Um, and I had that mindset, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't have it figured out, you know, I I still, even though I had been coaching college soccer for some time, um, I went in there with, with the growth mindset and just absorbed as much as I could and, and tried to contribute as much as I could to the success. Um, and it, you know, I, I grew, I think I grew tremendously as a young professional, um, working with coach Jordan was, was awesome. You know, it was, um, he's a very, uh, player centered, uh, player development type of coach um, that wants the best for his players. Um, but also wants to compete, wants to compete at the the highest level, wants to win a national championship. And so it was awesome to learn some new perspectives um, working alongside him.
1: That's awesome to hear. And, uh, you know, I think that's great um, about, you know, even I think you were five, you know, eight years into your coaching career at the point you stepped into Mm -hmm. University of Pacific and still going in with, uh, I'm going to learn, I'm going to contribute but I'm going to sit here and learn as much as possible as well. And uh, you, like you said, be a, a sponge and absorb it, um, you know, as much as you can. I think that's a great uh, growth mindset. And obviously you've been a regular head coach. You've been an assistant coach or and a field player coach is what I like to call it, as well as a goalkeeper coach. So you have that unique perspective. So how important is it for these college staff, college programs to have a experienced goalkeeper coach on, on staff with them?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's extremely important. Um, the, the, the goalkeeper position is such a unique position across all of sport. Um, I think it's, it's very important for staffs to have a, a coach um, that can be specialized in that, um, but also tooled and well rounded to be able to contribute um, in other ways. Um, for me, obviously, I had a goalkeeping background um, in my I, obviously when I stepped in as a graduate assistant, um, you know, my my number one priority was the goalkeeper development and working with the goalkeepers. But with that, you know, I still um, put myself in situations to where I could learn as much as I could about um, the other areas of the game and continue to, to diversify. Um, my experiences um, and even when I went to Missouri State, you know, I was I was primarily working with the goalkeepers, but um, I was in a very inclusive environment that allowed me to to grow as much as I wanted to grow um, from coaching the field players um, and getting head and, and getting the experiences of, of the administrative experiences of, of being involved in a program, whether it be operations, recruiting, um, compliance. I, I was fortunate to to be able to be included in all that, um, and so I think that really helped diver- diversify my experiences. But uh, going back to the original question, like you know, I think I think it's great for, for young or for you know goalkeepers to get into coaching, and it, but I think they also have uh, I think there's a extreme value to them because if you think about it, you know they spend probably um, most of their careers watching the game, evaluating the game from mm-hmm. the back of the back of the field. Um, And so they can they can definitely bring a a different perspective um, to coaching field players um, than some coaches can.
1: Yeah, it's something I always say is as a goalkeeper, you know, we've had to coach uh, throughout our our career, you know, leading the back line, understanding what the head coach wants from them. And we're kind of like that mini general on the field, right, for the head coaches. and. I think that's very important that you bring that up because many times I feel that head coaches and I've seen it, you know, uh, kind of throughout my career, I've seen it with other programs sometimes. And I don't think they do it purposely. I think they don't understand that goalkeeper coaches know the game and can offer that unique perspective. And in your case, you know, they did appreciate that and included you in all aspects of the game, including the administration side. And that's kind of comes through. You know, my other question is I've spoken with a goalkeeper coach out here, uh, Neil Thompson. He has national team experience, great guy known as Big Cat. And he talks about that before we become a specialist in goalkeeping, we should actually, you know, train clubs and become a you can do both at the same time. But be a field player coach, because then it gives you a unique perspective of understanding the game from the field player and the goalkeeper role and being able to help implement that into your goalkeeper sessions rather than just being a goalkeeper trainer
0: absolutely yeah absolutely and i I agree with that um i mean i I've, i've coached um youth players through the norcal pdp system i've coached club teams u19 teams u18 teams um obviously working with the college age uh student athletes um Every yeah, every opportunity to step on that field and it's an organized training session is an opportunity to grow as a coach, um, and yeah, I, I think it can really help make coaches well-rounded to be to be put in those situations. I think there's even some value in 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 field players learning how to train goalkeepers. I mean, you want to you want to diversify and tool yourself to be able to be um, successful in the environment. Well you know, what if the goalkeeper needs, uh, you know, some, some unique training, you know, as a field player, you can step in and, and help develop them and, and add a different type of perspective than maybe a, a goalkeeper um, coach with goalkeeping experience.
1: Yeah, I definitely think that's unique. Uh, You know, there's sometimes where I, I've been a part of a program as a goalkeeper coach where it's like, oh, I don't know much about the goalkeeper, so it's just you, but as a head coach you do need to understand the role a little bit more obviously they know it because they've been around the game but kind of a that would be interesting to kind of see them learn that training a little bit more so they understand it and they can also see the flip side you know sometimes i feel that you know i've been a part of programs where it's like hey you have 30 minutes today with the goalkeepers and then they give you 10 minutes or they say 15 minutes and then you have an hour and as a goalkeeper coach you're kind of like sometimes scrambling to add more stuff onto it or hey we're just getting through the warm-up we didn't even get to the what we wanted to work on right so as a head coach you bring that experience um obviously Stockton being part of both sides what can you say to coaches out there that how to use their goalkeeper coach time wisely because there are some programs that the goalkeeper coach can't be out there every single day
0: yeah, that's, a, that's the million dollar question. And it's, uh, um, you know, time is our most valuable resource and, and we want to be as efficient um, with our training time as we can. Um, here at Ottawa, um, we, we like to get our goalkeepers involved into tactical situations as soon as we can. Um, but we also still understand that they need um, some specialized time to continue to develop their techniques and their, their physical development. Um, And so, you know, we just try to prioritize training times throughout the week. So if they need some additional technical training, you know, maybe they're getting out to the field maybe 30 minutes earlier um, to get some good technical work in. Um, But on traditional days, you know, we're trying to get them included into the team environment within the first 20 to 25 minutes of the session. Um, So they're really getting those tactical experiences that will prepare them for college soccer. Um, obviously the college season is so short, um, and it's, it just happens in like a, like a snap of your finger. Um, in the spring is a little bit more time for technical development, but you know, our, our goal in the fall is to prepare our goalkeepers for any te- any tactical situation that they may see. Um, and you can't always do that. Um, working with a goalkeeper coach, um, in a technical session. I mean, you can, you can, you can create environments and, and experiences for the goalkeepers, But the game is the best teacher, and it's great to get those goalkeepers in um, as quickly as possible with the team. So, um, you know, it just kind of depends. Maybe twice a week we're having our goalkeepers come out a little bit sooner for a technical session, technical workout, or maybe they're staying afterwards and getting some technical work in. Um, But traditionally, we try to get them involved with the team as soon as possible. 100%
1: agree with that. And kind of speaking about that, I do think there's a difference between goalkeeper trainer and goalkeeper coach. I think there's a lot of goalkeeper trainers out there that, you know, they're very good with the technical side of things, but can you also help the goalkeepers understand tactical? I was speaking with a a colleague of mine, Miguel uh, Miranda, who was the director of goalkeeping for Sporting Lisbon, and he Mm -hmm. was kind of speaking about that. If If you told him you can only do goalkeeper training like by itself or you can only coach your team uh your keepers in small sided games during training is like 100 percent small sided games right and i think that's a that's something that's very key because like you mentioned stockton the game is the best teacher so can we you know goalkeeper coaches i think we need to do a better job of understanding the head coaches philosophy playing style what he's looking for in the defense what he's looking for from the midfielders so that way you can help in the small side of games your goalkeepers understand the game situation their positioning what should they be looking for what should they be telling their their uh teammates you know um like we mentioned earlier we're kind of the as goalkeepers a, a mini coach on the field especially because we can see the whole field absolutely
0: yeah absolutely and um, and, you know, when you are talking about that, you know, one one goalkeeper that came to mind um, was our goalkeeper at, uh, at Pacific, Curtis Goldsmith. And he was from the Sacramento area. And he was, uh, you know, he was very good with his feet. Um, and he allowed our, our team to play a brand of, of possession um, by his ability to step in between to the center backs and really act as a pivot playing the ball side to side. And we played, you know, we it was like we had an additional field player on the field when we had him. Um, in the net. And the best thing for him was getting him in the training environment, getting him into situations where he was forced um, to play with the ball at his feet to help just reassure that confidence in the team. Um, and so you know you can you can set up um, technical activities where you have goalkeepers switching the point of attack and driving long balls. Um, but it's it's difficult and challenging to replicate the types of pressure um, that goalkeepers may face. Um, unless they're really in that small sided environment.
1: Yeah, agreed, agreed. And kind of, you know, keeping on the topic of goalkeepers is as now as a head coach, um, I kind of want to hear your opinion on, you know, many times when you see goalkeeper coach positions available, they're volunteer, they're very minimum paid, they're one of the last positions filled on the staff. But yet when their goalkeepers make mistakes, you know, head coaches are like, what's going on? So do you believe, and obviously staff of staff is different, I know budgets are different, but from your perspective, should goalkeeper coaches be one of the first things you go after and just kind of bring on a goalkeeper coach that can also do the admin side of things?
0: Yeah, that's a great great question. Um, Obviously, I think everybody's going to have different opinions on building staffs um, for for different environments, obviously, a, a college coaching staff is probably going to be a little bit different than a professional team staff or a, a youth academies team staff. Um, in college soccer, um, it's unfortunate, but you know, the the career is about twenty percent. I'm just I'm throwing that percentage out there, but it's it's a pretty low percentage of of actual coaching on the field. I mean, we day to day deal with so many other things besides um, the beautiful part of the career, which is, which is playing and competing on the field. Um, it's not just X's and O's. And so I think it's really important that when you, when you design a staff um, for the college environment, um, it's, it's very diverse um, and it's got a, a bunch of different um, experiences. Um, And and I I see the value. I see the value in in college, you know, goalkeeper coaches coming in and uh, being able to contribute with a ton of different areas um, and and have the broad experiences that can really come into a staff and help well-round the staff. Um, So I I think there's extreme extreme value in recruiting um, coaches with goalkeeper experience.
1: Yeah, and going into the college game, you know, a lot of coaches out there – it find it difficult to get in their foot into the door. Obviously as a goalkeeper coach, you offer a specialization that many don't. um, So that's kind of your way in. But for coaches that don't have that specialization, what should they be doing to get their foot into that college game?
0: For sure. Yeah. Um, And this kind of goes back to, to my, my coaching journey. Um, And, and I learned really early on that, Um, I didn't, I was very self-aware. I didn't have it figured out. Like I, I, I wanted to be a coach. Um, I wanted to coach at the college level. I I loved coaching at the college level because I loved the ability to connect with student athletes and help them navigate their experience and and prepare to be, um, successful, um, individuals in society. Um, and so I, I really just, Put myself in uncomfortable situations and and had that growth mindset. You know, I think if, if there's a young coach that wants to get into the college game, you know, I don't I don't know a college coach in the in the country that would say no, you can't come watch my my session. Um, and I think that's an awesome opportunity for most young coaches is to, to connect with current college environments um, and just go and, and and watch and ask questions and and spend time with college coaches and and just soak in as much information as you can because you never know um, like you're maybe like some of your previous coaching experience you never know when you're going to get an opportunity um, to step into a a team and help contribute Um, and so for me putting myself in some various uncomfortable situations to grow as a coach has been a game changer for my development
1: 100% agree that you have to kind of be proactive and reach out to these uh, head coaches most like you said most if not all gonna be open, you know, these head coaches wanna help out, they wanna help the community they're in. So um, you know, being open to go watch a a training session is something that's good, you know, and be there, take notes, be consistent, understand what's going on, and I think that's something that's key. Obviously I think a lot of times you have to volunteer your time at first. Um you know a lot of volunteer roles and gotta do the due diligence, but just the first step is reaching out to these head coaches. And like you said Stocked in that 20% of what you do is on the field, um, rough numbers, right? So a lot yeah. of it is that background admin stuff. So, what do you feel is like a, a young coach who has some experience or maybe no experience in the college game? What should they be learning or adding to their tool set to help them gain a the college experience? You know, maybe it's, um, Data analysis, maybe it's scouting, maybe it's video analysis or what other type of tools would you think is an asset into the college game?
0: For sure. Yeah, um, that's 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 a great question. Um, I, I'd say a, along with the coaching um, side of the game in, in the college game right now, um, there, there's so many other areas, whether it be um, mental health um, and mental performance um, recruiting, uh, video analysis, um, compliance, uh, day-to-day operations, um, student athlete academic success—just being able to monitor student athletes' academic progress—and um, those are, I mean, those are just coming right to my head. Boom! All right, like there's, there's so many other areas um, of the college game that are really important. Um, and so, I'd say for young coaches, you know, just just be able to to get experience. You know, being able to evaluate players, um, go and watch U19 games. You know, I think fairly, you know, simple to, to 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 identify the top four players on a field at one in one game. But you know, have conversations with club coaches about you know being a, a, other potential recruits and other potential players. Um, learning, you know, learning the rules and, and regulations of the NCAA and NAI, just kind of being, being familiar with that stuff is very helpful. Um, and then, you know, like you said, the video analysis, you know, there's there's a hundred different video analysis companies nowadays um, that can really help uh, bring value to a staff, especially with some old school coaches that used to use VHS uh, video um, now being able to use technology in, in the college environment, uh, it's big time, big time experience and, and brings a lot of value. Um, so, uh, you know, I would just say. Thinking broader, you know, and, and it's hard because we all just love um, the X's and O's and the football on the field. Um, but you have to be well-rounded and, and be tech savvy and, and be uh, personable and, and a great communicator that can really help bring value to uh, an individual that's looking into the college game.
1: Yeah. And I think that's very important. Like you said, although we love the X's and O's in the college game, it, the, the season is very short and kind of talking about that, you know, obviously there's a lot of, uh, uh, momentum right now speaking about the 21st century model model in mm. the division one game. I'm kind of curious to hear your thoughts on that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's awesome. I think it's the, the next evolution in college soccer. Um, I mean, We've all seen the data and the research about how many, how many games are played um, in such a short amount of time um, throughout the fall season. You know, I think the 21st model um, does keep the, the physical component uh, and, and the mental component of the student athlete in mind and helps stretch out and, and uh, provide a, uh, an additional layer of a professional experience um, for student athletes. Um, Because it's a lot. It's a lot for students, especially first year students to step in into a fall semester and be competing for a national championship without even um, really settling in yet into the college environment. Um, So I think there's some some great benefits to it.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. I'm I'm pretty excited to see it. Um, Hopefully it, it passes to all the levels. And kind of everyone, the listeners out there, you know, people here, NCAA, NGCAA, you know, the NCCAA, uh, the NAIA. Um, can you describe, you know, kind of what the unique difference is between the NAIA and the NCAA? And I, we know, obviously, there's great programs in both that can compete at the highest levels, either even D two, D three. But what what is kind of the key difference between the NAIA programs and the NCAA?
0: Yeah, well, um, you know, obviously we're under different organizations, um, and we with that we have different um, obviously eligibility standards and academic standards. They're pretty closely aligned, but there's some some differences. Um, Obviously uh, the NAI are traditionally smaller uh, private institutions um, where the NCAA is um, very diverse with their you know student popul- student population sizes um, and, and uh, degree offerings um, from a from a playing standpoint you know it, I think I think going down from Division one Division two II, division three to NAI, I, in my opinion there's really um, it's pretty comparable. I mean, there's a there's a lot of good soccer players throughout all divisions and organizations. NAI or you're going to traditionally have maybe a, a more diverse international presence, um, where the NCAA, with their brand, is going to have, you know, a lot more domestic players, um, and and compete at very high levels. Um, you know, I, I would say that you know from a playing standpoint, the NEI um the top 10 NAI programs could compete fairly easily with the the the, the most of division one soccer I think there's a difference between your your top 25 NCAA division one teams and the NAI um you know your UCLAs your Stanfords your Cal's, um your Marylands your Akrons you know there's gonna be a, a little bit of a difference in in physicality and athleticism um, but there's some really great soccer in the NAI um, and it's uh, you know depend, there's a place for everybody to play you know we talk to the recruits all the time like there's a fit for everybody um, don't get caught up in the uh, the letters don't get caught up in the NCAA versus the NAI it, it's more about finding the right fit for you as a as a, a student athlete and a player
1: yeah thanks for elaborating on that and kind of from a coach's perspective right um i've seen you know the coaches make a leap from NAI to division 2 to D1 um do you believe there's uh I guess what I'm trying to say, do you believe there's a difference between you know which program you're at in terms of trying to build your resume um, in an NAIA and maybe apply for an NCAA job or vice versa NCAA versus applying to an NAIA job? Do you think there's, there's a difference for coaches or it kind of just depends on the specific programs of each um, organization?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think there's differences in, 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 both organizations. I mean, there's great coaches in the NAI. There's great coaches um, in the NCAA there's great coaches at the community college level. Um, so I, I think it really goes into, you know, finding what's right, the right fit for the coach and, and the university. Um, but I, I love the NEI. I think it's, it's a, a very diverse um, organization um, that really, I mean, puts a beautiful brand of football into the field and it allows student athletes to, to still compete at a very high level. Um, you know, I, I, it just kind of depends on what the, the, the coach is looking for, you know, if they're going to be, um, caught up in the, uh, the, the brand and the lure of, you know, maybe an organization, um, then that's, you know, what they're looking for. Um, I think if you're looking for, an environment to where you can, you know, impact student athletes and compete for national championships. I think you can find that in any organization.
1: Yeah, I think that's good. I've seen a lot of NAIA teams play. They're very competitive. I've seen a lot of NCAA, uh, you know, teams D1 through D3. A lot of teams are very, very good. Like you said, there's, there's a lot of players who can play at at every level. And I think it's uh, something that everyone should understand. Um, It's not really about, the the level it's about where you feel comfortable, you know, what you're looking for, um, the city it's in potentially as well, right? A lot of people absolutely like Southern California, some don't, some like Texas, all the, all those different things. Um and kind of Wrapping up here, Stockton, it's been a great insight. I've, I've loved this episode. I'm sure everybody else does as well. Um, any last word of advice to any players that are potentially looking to get into the college game? And then potentially any coaches that are in the youth game looking to get into the college game or potentially even um, pro?
0: Sure. Yeah, I guess from a, from a player standpoint, uh, my advice would be... Uh, to spend some time and become very self-aware of what type of experience you're looking for um, and really take inventory of what's important for you um, in, in, a, in a college experience um, and then really just kind of strategize to, to be able to connect with um, universities that fit um, your bucket list um, of what kind of experience you're looking for. Um, a lot of the time, you know, recruits just kind of go deep sea fishing and cast a giant net to see, you know, um, what kind of, you know, university is going to take the bait and, and um, identify as a, as a potential student athlete. And um, that can be very difficult. But, but I think if you really understand what kind of experience you're looking for, um, that can really help you, you know, hone in on, on the particulars of, of what kind of university you're going to find. Because um, there's a place for everybody to play at. There really is. Uh, from NCAA 1, 2, and 3 to NAI to community college. Um, there is a place, there's a program for everybody. Um, you just have to be super self-aware of what kind of experience you want. Um, from a coaching standpoint, you know, I think I think it's important to just, you know, we live in such a, a society of instant gratification. Um, and I think you really just have to, you know, be you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And we, we preach that to our players all the time. Like we're, we're going to be the program that's super comfortable being uncomfortable. And if we don't have the ball, it's for a reason. Um, And we're going to be okay with that. Um, But as a, as a college coach, you know, I think you have to be able to pay your dues um, and work for a really long time um, for no money um, and do it for the right reasons um, and grow and, be uncomfortable in environments and, and have coaches tell you, you know, are you sure you really want to do this um, to be able to grow and, and blossom into the, the professional that you want to be. Um, so don't, don't hesitate. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there just uh, to remember that, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a learning experience. Um, in whatever environment you, you find yourself in um, just continue to grow and be the best player be the best coach that you can be.
1: Wow! Wow! Good stuff, uh, Stockton. That's great advice. Um, I know I- I'm taking from it still, um, so I really appreciate that. And I know everyone else. Well, it's a great episode uh, offering that unique perspective on the goalkeeper coaches as well as how to get into the college game. So that's unique. Thank you for coming on, Stockton. I really appreciate it. Everyone, tune in to the Ottawa upcoming season in the fall. Um, I know they're going to have a special season, and good luck to you, Stockton, on your first season as a head coach
0: i really appreciate obi um yeah let me know let me know uh obviously my, my email is online but if anybody has any questions I, i'd love to connect and definitely love uh just talking about coaching talking about recruiting talking about college soccer so um please feel free don't hesitate to reach out
1: thank you guys thanks for listening
0: to the soccer camp reach out on social media or via email Let us know who you want to hear from or topics that you'd like to hear about. Thanks for listening. And as always, who will be capped next?